Hey guys, this is Mo Sider from the Detroit Red Wings. You guys listen to Lockdown Red Wings. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Today is Thursday, July 15th, 2021, and today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts of your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com right now and tell them that Locked On sent you. We've got more draft profiles for you guys today with Tony Ferrari. We were looking at Chaz Lucius, and we're looking at Dylan Gunther, a pair of forwards who could be in play for the Detroit Red Wings uh, either at 6, possibly Lucius at 22. Win. There's a lot of things that we, we kind of go over in this. Uh, we make fun of Ken Holland throughout it. Uh, Pierre Maguire, um, and we also talk about why why Dylan Gunther is ranked higher than everybody else. Like, he is only behind Owen Power in Bob McKenzie's rankings, and I thought that is not something that you cannot be ignored. So I asked Tony Ferrari about that, uh, got his opinion on that, thought it was pretty interesting just the way the league views him uh, maybe over some of the other guys at the top of the draft. Uh, I think you guys are going to love it. I don't have much else to say. We're going to get right to it. Enjoy. So Gunther, um, the the first thing I I, I think I noticed when uh, when diving into him was that you guys seem to be on the lower end of most sites uh, ranking of him, right? So uh, the most recent one that I saw, elites had him at seven, McKean's eight, and then you guys had him around that ten to twelve range, and in, in varying on who was writing the uh, the mock. Just right off the bat, what are what are some of the reasons that you guys might be more reserved on him? Is it more of just you like other players more? Because like you talk about this draft class is just a complete kind of bleep show in all honesty, or is it, um, or, or is it something specifically with, with his game? Yeah, I think it's just the fact that I look at Dylan Genther and I go, man, that's going to be a really good second line player. And whereas sure. I look at a guy like Kent Johnson, I'm like, he's probably not going to be a first line player, but maybe Fabian Lee sell. Sure. Probably not, but maybe William Eklund, like you go down the list of guys and uh, I don't see there's a first line upside with Dylan Genther. I think he's a guy that's going to tear things up on the power play. I think he's a guy that's going to really do well at five on five, but I think he's going to be a, a second line player. I think my big concern with him is that he doesn't play with an incredible pace and I, I value pace a lot. And it, it's one of those things where I don't think he's a slow player. He's just not a guy that wants to push the game at a, a super high level, like the modern NHL plays at. So I don't think he's a bad player by any means. And, and if someone drafts him six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, I, I don't think there's a, an issue with that. I, I do have him a little lower, but that's because I'm like a little bit ballsier on a guy like Fabian Liesel. I'm a little bit more, more hype on a guy like, like William Eklund or Matthew Beneers, where uh, I'm allowed to let him kind of fall down the thing. And it's not because I don't like him. It's just, I find reasons to put other guys ahead of him. Sure. The, uh, his style of play seems to be very um, like, puck needs to be on his stick to be effective, especially on the offensive end. Is that uh, a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Is there times when that is needed and, and, or maybe, I don't know if aggressive is the right word, but like times where it's, it almost hinders him or is that just like overall a positive? I think it's a good thing when he has the puck on his stick. 
and it sounds like a, a cheap cop-out answer because no, no, that, that's exactly yeah. what it is. But um, no, I think the big problem with him with that is just there are times where you're like, what, what exactly are you doing without the puck? Like his off puck game. I, I question sometimes in, in the offensive zone. I, I will say he is very smart. He knows how to find spots and kind of sit down in soft zones, but outside of the offensive zone, I'm like, what like there's times in transition where he's the second guy, like he's, he's F two as the pucks kind of getting rushed off the ice. And all of a sudden he just kind of fades off and you're like, what are you doing there? And, and then by the time the puck gets in the offensive zone, he sits into a spot and you're like, okay, I see what you're sure. doing there. But like you could have presented yourself as a passing option and just put the puck there yourself. And, and there's little elements like that to his game that I question, but I, I think he's a very, very good offensive player. I don't think you're asking him to play a two way game really, but he's, he's, one of the only players in this draft that I think has a legitimately good one timer. Um, it's really impressive to see the work he does in the power play, but yeah, like I do have concerns about how much is he really going to produce at five and five. Uh, I have a quick question here on the rankings because the highest place that he is ranked is like, is the uh, McKenzie scout or pull or whatever it's called. Um, and to me, that can't be ignored because that means that no. the NHL is high on him. Why do you think that is? I think it's because he plays in the WHL and, and kind of right one before those rankings came out, he was just absolutely torching it. Like he, he was put at a two, two point per game pace, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but then you kind of look at the context of everything that he was playing in a really weak division. Like the best team in his division was his team. And the only good goalie in the division was his goalie and Sebastian Tosa. <laughs> so it was like, yeah, like there, of course he had five, eight points in the first two games. Like, yeah great man but like you can't sustain that pace and there were times where he would disappear but he's good enough in a bad division where he can just pop up and score two goals or, or get a goal and assist that and then you look at the stat line at the end of the day and you're like oh wow he's still punching along at a two point per game clip which is pretty ridiculous but it was against <laughs> really bad teams yeah where uh obviously you just mentioned that the goal scoring might not have been fantastic there or the, the goalie play might not have been fantastic, but his, his goal scoring numbers are unreal. Um, and, and widely considered to be one of the best shots of the class where, uh, do you think, I don't even know how to really word it as far as his shot specifically being translated to the next level. Is that like, uh, a for sure thing, there's really no question about his goal scoring ability, or are there some concerns in certain maybe areas within goal scoring? I think he's going to be a guy that scores from the dot a lot. I think the power play is going to be where he makes his money. He's going to be one of those guys, and he's going to be very good at it. Um, I think he's going to be fine at five on five. I don't think he's going to be a hindrance offensively by any means. I think he's his shot's really good, whether it's on the rush or set up in the zone. He's able to find those soft spots and, and, and get the room to, to use his release that he has, which is really good. I don't think there's going to be a concern. Is it going to be a 40 goal scorer? I think that's probably a little bit optimistic. I think that's more reserved for guys sure. like Cole Sillinger, maybe even Mason McTavish. But I, I think he's a guy that's going to be able to put up 30 and 30, maybe put a 60 point season together and be very good. And, and that's probably the top end of his game. And realistically, is there more upside than that? Of course, there's always more upside than, than what the realistic projection is. But does he, is he a guy that really kind of weaponizes his shot to its full extent? Like a guy, like, like I said, Cole Stillinger, Mace McTavish, even Samu Tuomala, who's down the board. But it's the the fact that he's able to make passes still. He's not just a pure goal scorer. I think there's a lot to his game that he didn't get to display this year because he was just scoring the lights out with his own shot. So I, I think there is more to his playmaking ability, but I, I think his shot's going to translate perfectly fine. He uh, literally broke the PNHLE uh, 
scale. He yeah. he is like like there's I I don't think I've ever I've seen very very few players ever like come close to superstar potential. It's on DobberProspects.com. Go check it out. Uh, and he is like let's see, twenty points. So full like 15, 20% above the superstar potential is yeah. his rating. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's part of the problem with this year is that like, I, I did a, I did an NHL study earlier, earlier this year, kind of as the season's all concluded. And even with including his ridiculous P, P, uh, NHLE this year, this draft class as a whole, the first round was like, I think 10 points behind last year. And that was just going off the guys that everyone kind of had consensus ranked in the first round and uh, top 50 prospects and everything. And so this class is a little bit lower and that's including his, his unreal, which was just by far and away the best in this draft class uh, NHLE. So it's one of those things where it's like, I, I don't want to sound like Pierre Maguire, our favorite uh, new Ottawa Senator employee, but sometimes analytics are stupid, and, uh, but no, realistically, I think, I, I think P, PNHLE is really, is a really valuable stat. It's a, a really valuable metric because it does show like on a raw production basis, what kind of projects up to the next level and what, what do you kind of look at there? Small sample sizes can skew that bad divisions can skew that weird years, like a COVID year can skew that. So I think this year is kind of a weird one, but the production doesn't lie. He was ripping up the WHL. All right. I got to jump in here real quick to talk to you guys today about betonline.ag. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. It's the only thing going on right now. When you're bored on those summer nights, sitting in your room, staring out the window, sweating out of your face and every other orifice in your body, you're going to want to put a little bit of money on some baseball. That's right. And you can do that at betonline.ag. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC slash MMA action. Before the next pitch, head on over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive that 50% welcome bonus that we've been offering with our promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. It wasn't just a great training camp for Larkin. Who brings it in? Scores! Quick sidebar. Do we really care what Pierre Maguire thinks about those things as the fight? Oh, is, he, is he the vice take. president of, of player development? Like, uh, like, uh, yes, correct. It is a wild take, but who cares? Honestly. I'd be like, what, I think it's just what, funny what to laugh role? at Ottawa. What, what like, is, yeah. That's horrible. That's I think it's just like, ha the Ottawa sense. Senators. Like, like well, because they said that he's going to be involved in everything from scouting to trades. Like oh, the, the, they're like, enough. regardless of the title, <laughs> he's, he's had, he's had experience as a coach, as a general manager, as a scout, he, he can do everything. And, and Pierre Dorian's like, yeah, I guess he's going to help out. I guess I, <laughs> yeah, I, feel, I okay. This is a sidebar and this might be for locked on sends and I'll talk to them guys later about it, but I feel bad for Pierre Dorian. I think he's a genuinely good to decent general yeah. manager, yeah. just hamstrung in the fact that he's able to continuously just like, Here's a new wave of half decent yeah. players. I have to trade away next year, and here's a new wave. He continuously does it, and that damn owner just brings in Pierre yeah. Maguire to be like, "Let's let's get big guys." 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God, I love Peter Maguire. Oh, so man. glad he's I back in the my, NHL. I think I might love Ken Holland more, although I don't really appreciate oh. him like just straight up. Did you see his quote today? The Blackhawks. Um, <laughs> yeah, he was comparing <laughs> trades. Yeah, what, bro? What, what did he say? Talking about? He I compared. Uh, oh, the uh, Chelios, the Chelios yeah. trade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, come on, man! Like, what are we talking the, about? The year that that trade was made. And uh, Duncan <laughs> hasn't received a Norris vote in five years. So to- totally the same player. My, Spot my on. other favorite, my other favorite part about that was when someone was like, well, you look at the cl- decline in, in Keith and the contract that he has and the cap hit and stuff. Uh, and you had to give up Caleb Jones and a draft pick. And Ken Holland just goes, do you want me to get him for free? And I, I was like, yes, actually, because Duncan Keith is not good anymore. So yeah. that's a, actually generally you get paid to take on that <laughs> <Yes>. contract. <laughs> Dude, oh, and Kenny then that, and, oh, hold on. And then that coupled with the chef's kiss uh, of Ryan Suter becoming available today uh, <laughs> on yes. in free agency. Fantastic. And, uh, and, and I, man, I just, I woke, I woke up this morning uh, to the news. Um, you know, obviously uh, a Red Wings fan in 2011 when, when Zach Parise and Ryan Suter didn't, didn't sign here in Detroit, um, you know, just, uh, I just felt really lucky. So <laughs> I know the last couple of years have been hard for all of us, but uh, at least we're not the wild. <laughs> and that's all I have to say. Uh, I think that's so that, that motto. Yeah, exactly. It's 100%. That's a good one. It's like at the shareholders yeah. meetings that are like at the season ticket hold. They're like, yeah, you said you were going to win at least 35 games this year. No, I said we weren't going to be as bad as the wild. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> we're just the most perennially media. They're never good. They're never yes. bad. There's no reason to hate them. And I despise them. They're the Detroit Pistons. <laughs> they're yeah. The, uh, they're, they are the a wild decade actually of the made, They made the wild actually like, were on just the like opposite side of the of the mirror right at the, the 16 team <laughs> yeah, mark. And so sure. they were like constantly at the the six and the pistons were always right at number 10 in yeah. the east. And it was just like you could just never do anything to get out of that purgatory. Uh but yeah all of that Josh just, Smith just baby fantastic Josh news coming baby. out of Edmonton. And th- I tell you what this offseason for as a Red Wings fan has been like extremely unproblematic. Like nothing bad has happened. We're it's we're only focused on the draft and that that feels cool it's nice to not have to worry about actual hockey games yes of Sa- signed a least fan <laughs> who wants to not be a <sighs> fan ever again i know hey by the way just i want to oh, i want to say anytime you ever see me trolling on the timeline it's not personal oh, no dude i'm trying I to want you to do numbers. it every <laughs> deserves this garbage every single one of them is horrible i know but i feel bad for me my, my, my <laughs> no but you see i'm a, i'm a lions fan i get it like i as much as i like want to like laugh and be like how how could you be so excited dude i have not i have seen less as a lions fan in my lifetime than you have as a leafs fan in your lifetime and that's objectively true comfortably yeah and, it's pretty you know, it's pretty and, sad and, and so i and i love that football team it's sick i get uh, it i, it I was sick. a lions fan for so long and then finally i gave up football for two years i was like i just can't do it anymore i just <laughs> I can't watch so i just watched college football and i like became obsessed with lamar jackson i'm like whatever team he gets drafted to that's my new favorite team unless it's the lions yep uh and then it wasn't so i was like well yeah. i'm a ravens fan now let's go <laughs> <laughs> in the nfl 
Uh, I love it. All right, uh, let's let's wrap up with Gunther, and we'll run through Trez Lucius here real quick. As long as you still got the uh, yeah. time, is that cool? Um, Scotty, what do you got us wrap us wrap us up for Gunther, and then um, yeah, the, the only question, just point blank, uh, if you could give like a letter grade for the Red Wings taking Gunther at one six, what letter grade do you give it? It's a great question. It's B minus. Like it's fine. I don't hate it. I'm not in love with it. I think there's probably better players on the board, but I, I think it's a perfectly reasonable pick. Sure. We Fair enough. Asking that Your kid comes player. home with a B minus and you don't hate him for it. You're just, yeah. <laughs> You're like, you, you should have studied more, but I guess I'll take it. Yeah. Video games yeah. are fine. You're on the honor roll, you know. <laughs> so. uh, Chaz Lucius, what do you got for us there, Scotty? Uh, okay. So the most. Do you have to uh, hop off at uh, hop off to go stream? I, I should be good. I if, okay. if we yeah if we don't get okay. sidetracked on on <laughs> Holland on again Holland I should Detroit be okay. Lions football yeah um so the the most blatantly obvious phrase used with him is high IQ on the offensive end I think that's a a really uh, repeated and kind of borderline shoved down your throat analysis of him at this point just talk about how he got that reputation and and how um, how that high IQ on the offensive end helps him and how it makes his game his game. I think the big thing is that he was never a good skater, so he had to be smart if he wanted to be effective. And, sure. and he was. He became extremely adept at finding the soft spot, uh, weaving through traffic. He's got some of the best hands in the draft. I think his ability to kind of maneuver with the puck on his stick is as good as almost anyone in this draft class. Um, and his skating has improved. There was a lot of concern from me personally that he was going to be even worse as a skater because he had a lower body injury. And it's since come out that there was a knee issue at one point. So there was concern there that maybe he's going to be a little bit even slower. Maybe he's a little bit clunkier. And I, I think he actually improved his skating stride this year. I think he got a little bit faster. There's still, there's still room to grow. He's not a great skater still. He's good enough, I think, at this point. But there's room to grow. I think he's a, he's going to be going to college. I think that's a good spot for him in Minnesota. He's going to be able to kind of develop his game slowly there. I don't think you're asking him to step in the NHL anytime soon, but his ability to score is special. I think that his ability to get in the right spot and, and get that release off, which is special. He's got one of the best shots in the draft. I, I think from in tight, he's able to kind of lift the puck at a, at a ridiculous level that most players can't even imagine doing it. Like he's, a, I've seen him score in the crease over the goalie shoulder. Like it, it's impressive the stuff he's able to do. So if he can continue doing that, improve that mobility a little bit more, I think he can be a really good goal scoring winger at the NHL level. He, uh, I feel like had as about as normal of a draft season as you could really ask for. Like, right. Would you, a little bit like once he got back from injury in February, he was, it was kind of normal. It wasn't that, that weird, yeah. but he did have the first half of the year kind of cut out from that lower body injury. And at the time it was like not much going on out there in terms of news about what it was. So there was a lot of concern as to if it's going to really affect him. But then, then he came back and scored at a goal per game pace at the USHL level. So I don't think anyone was really too concerned with it at that point. The uh, so we, you talked about the skating. I, I think the biggest correct me if I'm wrong, the biggest flaw with the skating is like the first couple of steps, right? The first step when it comes to his speed and stuff. Yeah, it's almost like his feet are slipping out from under him instead of like really carving into the ice and generating power. And I think that's something Who among can, us. Yeah, exactly. Right. I, I think that's something that you can correct. It, it, it's it's funny. I was like talking to someone about rollerblading yesterday, as, as odd as that sounds, as, as going to Chaz Lucius. But when you're rollerblading, if you're trying to push just backwards, you're just slipping your, your front wheel all the time. You're not really getting that traction. Whereas you got to really carve into the, the ground and push out to the side. Well, when you're skating, you really got to carve into the ground and push back. And, and that's something Chaz Lucius has to get better at. 
it's perfectly correctable. I think you can get there, especially because he's going to college. He's got a couple of years, but yeah, I do think there's room to work on his, his technicality, especially on the acceleration. I used to have to go to the auto parts store, got sick of standing in line. I guess I wanted more. So I went over to rockauto.com because they're a family business. Serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. And if there's one thing you know about me, it's that I hate confrontation. I hate going to some place where somebody's going to ask me a question that's going to make me look like a fool. And guess what, folks? There's no place where that is more likely to happen than my local auto parts store. But thankfully... RockAuto.com came along and I no longer have to go through those terrifying uh, experiences. Why would you endure the pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brands that his warehouse happens to carry? So you got to get out of your house, strike one. You got to spend more money, strike two. You have a less limited selection, strike three. And you got a chance of them making you look like a big old dum-dum. That's strike four. No, thank you. RockAuto.com's prices are always reliably low for every customer, and they have everything that you could ever ever need, every brand, every uh, nook, cranny, uh, the whole kit and caboodle over there at RockAuto.com. So go there right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and just write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box that they know we sent you. They've got amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts that your car will ever need. It's RockAuto.com. Samuelson holds it there and then twirls. Walker watching him as it came back to Lebda. And a shot! And whacked it! So, skilled, high IQ center to me sounds a lot like a special team, specifically probably power play kind of a player. Do you think that that's a fair assessment? Do you, does he have experience on the power play? And how do, do you think he projects as a, as a positive, po- positive power play player? That's a lot of P's uh, in a row going forward. I think he's going to be a really good power play player. I think he's going to be able to score. I think he's one of those guys that you can put kind of almost anywhere on the power play and he's going to be able to figure it out. Um, I think he's going to be very good at five on five though. I don't think he's going to end up projecting as a center. I think even the people that think that optimistically are like, eh, it's like 50, 50 because of the mobility and stuff. But as a goal scoring winger, I think there's a perfectly acceptable player there. I think he's going to be a good second, second line guy. He's one of those guys that you're like, maybe if you get him with like a really elite playmaker, he puts up 40 and you can toss him on your top line. If he's the third best player there, I think it's fine. But yeah, I think he's going to be really good at the, uh, on the power play. I think he's going to be really good at five on five. Um, I, I think the guy that, on that U.S. national team that that kind of projects as the player you're talking about, though, is Sasha Pashajov, who is perfectly great on the power play. I think he's going to be awesome. I would never play him at five and five because he just cannot skate. So <laughs> I, I think there's some some people that kind of get those guys like, are they the same? Because they both had that concern last year. But I think Lucius has taken steps in that regard that where you're not as worried, especially if he goes off to the wing. Sure. Um, the only other big one I want to touch on is uh the high iq label that has been given to him so much for his offensive game doesn't seem to um be as talked about as much on the defensive side how effective is he as a two-way just his defensive game in, in general i guess so i'm gonna say this as nicely as possible when you score 40 goals, you don't have to play defense. Sure. And, and that's enough. kind of his mindset. And I, and I think that's kind of going to be going forward. I think he's Danny Heatley. I, yeah, I think Rock he's star. fine. I think he's fine <laughs> defensively. Like he, he anticipates play really well. I think that is one thing that does translate from his uh, high IQ game offensively, where it's like you, you see him jump a pass every once in a while. You're like, oh, do that more often. And he's like, ah, maybe we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie. I kind of um, 
I don't think I would really like it on my team, but like I, I've always loved players like that, like yeah, the, the 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 rock star shit, you know. Yeah, like, <laughs> the entire Leafs roster. Yes, it's, it's fun yes. to watch yes. until it sucks. No, yeah, that's what I was saying. Like as much as I make fun of the Leafs, like they are my team to watch every night. If the Red Wings aren't on during the regular season, like that was the game I was watching. And you know when I would go on to NHL TV and I would go through the list, like if they were on, I was watching. Um, and uh, a buddy of mine, like halfway through the season too, he's like, Hey, I was like, Oh, you've been uh, betting on NHL games, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, he goes, yeah, sometimes he goes, I don't only really bet the Leafs. And I was like, Oh really? He's like, yeah, I just watch them and then wait. And if they go down by two, I'll live bet them. And they almost always come back. And I'm like, yeah. okay. So a little good strategy out there for you folks for uh, maybe <laughs> next season. And uh, don't bet on them in the playoffs. Yes. And don't bet on them. There in, you go. In the playoffs. Uh, Last question here on Chaz Lucius. If he goes to Detroit at one six, what grade are you giving it? Can he get to one twenty two? If he's taken at six, I probably give it a D plus because I th- I still think there is that high upside. If like he reaches his absolute ceiling, sure, but I I think you probably wait to get him. If you trade back to twelve. Yeah, it's probably more realistic or something, but yeah. if he gets to 22, I think there's a realistic chance he could because he did only play, I think, 14 games this year. He mm-hmm. didn't play a ton of games because of the injury at the start of the year. So maybe he falls that far because I think it's mm-hmm. possible, especially with, like I said, this this draft is going to be weird because we're going to have every team going, there's my one guy. and I'm going to take him at seven. I'm, oh, there's my one guy. I'm going to take him at 13. And, and then a guy that most people have at 12, just happens to get passed by that one guy eight times. Yeah. And then he winds up in Detroit at 22. Yeah. Yep. hundred percent. I think that's the, that's the most exciting thing about this class. Like I, as much as I've like kind of said, like, Oh, I'm ready for it to be over. I think because of the uh, way that the Red Wings are set up here, like that is going to be really exciting. Like there, there's going to be implications for your next pick directly after picking at every single turn. And uh, Lucius is a guy that I was kind of like hesitant to really go in on. And even McTavish to a certain extent until uh, he started climbing in and really pose him as a guy in the, in the top 10, because it was just kind of like they're, they're in that middle ground, you know, of like, I really don't see a way where they go at six, obviously things have changed for McTavish, but I really don't see a way they go at six. And I also really don't see a way that they go at 22. Uh, And so I feel like that there's just like a whole host of like, four to six players that I haven't been paying enough attention to and that I'm going to regret it come pick 22 on Saturday, July 24th, 2021. Yeah. So. There's a, there's a bunch of guys. In that range. Like, <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't even be shocked. Like a guy like Cole Sillinger who like, I'm sure you guys have like covered, but like, you're like, ah, he's probably not going to eat six yeah. is way too high. 22 is not going to happen. 100%. If he falls, like, I wouldn't be shocked if he falls to 22, like it would be a mild surprise, but I'm like, hmm. Yeah, if, if a team likes likes Fetchkov, if a team was like, oh man, Tuomala was awesome at the U18s and take him, like I said, it all it takes is eight teams to take that one guy ahead of him, and, and that's all it really needs for for a guy to fall 15 picks. I wonder too if like uh, the reality of draft day will be that the I guess more name brand guys won't fall, and then you know. I don't know who I'm necessarily referring to by non-name brand guys kind of won't like where you'll think like, Ooh, out to rat like he could fall almost out of it. And then he goes 12 and you're like, Oh yeah. Okay. And then, uh, you know, Simone Robertson was a guy who was, you know, pretty high up 
in the class, and I feel has really, really fallen as this as this year's gone. And oh, he's gone at fourteen. Okay, that makes sense. You know, just like I feel like that is kind of going to be the way that that this shakes out in a way. Yeah, I think there's still a realistic chance Aturatu goes pretty high. I think there's a chance that guys like Tuamala jump up, but even a guy like. Like I, I talked about Ayrton Martino, who's a guy that's not high up on many boards, but I wouldn't like, I've talked to people who are like, man, he's a top 15, top 20 talent. Like there's chances there. So mm-hmm. like I said, if, if a team falls in love with one guy, it just takes that a few times to get the guy to follow that you, you really want at your pick. Uh, Tony Ferrari, thank you so much for joining us throughout this entire draft season. I just realized that this will be our last time uh, coming together for scouting wow. profiles on the 2021 Sad. class. Um, we'll get you back on July 25th to talk about the 2022 class. Uh, I know you'll be, you'll be itching to do that. So we'll, we'll, we'll make sure to wet that beak for you. Yeah. Oh, what's that? This call just ended. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm going under a tunnel. No, a tunnel uh, uh, but, but, but seriously, yeah. honestly, from the bottom of my heart and like on a lot of our listeners, not just for making your regular appearances on the show, always being super grateful with your time. That is super appreciated. But then also just the, the work you do in the scouting world, uh, just fantastic. Your, your good voice on Twitter. I just appreciate you. And I know a lot of our, our listeners do too. And so I wanted to communicate that on behalf of both of us and, uh, them as well. So, uh, enjoy your sleep. Did Tony Ferrari die? No, right after this podcast, he actually got hit by a car in his room. It was crazy <laughs> on the 10th floor of his yeah. building, just a car yeah. in the tunnel that cut yeah. off the call. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was <laughs> Uh, uh, anything else that you want to plug before you, uh, before you get out of here? Uh, just follow me on Twitter at the Tony Ferrari. I'm probably making a snarky comment about Pierre Maguire there. Um, yeah, just follow me on there. The Dauber prospects, fantasy prospect reports coming out Buy that. If you want to make me like $3 or something like that, (laughs) I make no money doing any of this. So it's appreciated. So, uh, yeah, just check out Dauber prospects overall (laughs) Tons of stuff there. And that's, that's where to go. All right, we'll see you guys back here tomorrow. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.